T to G to I to F to Thank God it's first. Thank God it's first Friday. Yes. So my name is Brother Luke Rowicki. My name is Brother Andrew Tory. And as you heard from the jingle, there's a third voice here. Yes. What is going on here, Brother Luke? We have this mysterious third person here. It means that there's a special guest, and this today is a very special guest. Very special. We're here with Father John Connor, who is a general director of the Legionaries of Christ and also the Federation of Redman Christi. Father John, thank you so much for being with us because we know you're busy. What is a general director? Maybe you could tell us in your own words. What does it mean to be a general director for those that are not familiar with that term? Well, first, Brother Luke and Brother Andrew, it's great to see you too. And especially this great initiative. Thank God it's First Friday. <laughs> I'm learning to be general director, right? Um because you were elected a year ago, right? It was, it was just under a year. Yeah. February 6th was the big day, right? right? And uh, so I'm learning. I've learned a lot this first year. Uh, it's it's not easy, especially during the pandemic, right? Uh, to uh, to really learn in ordinary times because there's been anything other than an ordinary time. Yes. But it's it's learning how to govern uh, the legion globally. And what it means to lead the Legion globally. Uh, it's different from a territory, right. right? Or a local community. Right. For those of you who don't know, Father John, if I might interrupt, um, he was he was governing the territory of North America for six years, right? Between 2014, 2020, I believe. That's so right. he was like a provincial superior, like of a region. And now he's in charge of all of the nine territories or provinces in the Legion. So a, quite a big change there, I would say. Big change. Okay. I've I've felt the grace of God and the prayers of so many, all of you, accompanying me in this time. So I'm learning to govern um, the the Legion and to be a father to all my brother Legionaries, uh, and also to help in Red and Christie, right? As president of the College of the Federation of Red and Christie, learning to work there together to build the movement and and build the kingdom, serve the church, right? Well, we're so excited. So thank you on behalf of Brother Andrew and I and on yes. all those listening to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. And the idea of this podcast is to get to know Father John on a more personal level, because maybe you might read the letters he sends out, which are great, and the videos he puts up on YouTube, which are also fantastic. Right. But we also want to get to know you on a more personal level, where you grew up, what did you do as a kid, how did you hear your vocation, and so much more. Yeah. Before getting into that, though, such a prestigious guest deserves yeah. a proper presentation. Brother Andrew, I know he's done his research. Exactly. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about Father John? Yeah, so when I found out that we were able to do this interview, obviously I had to do my research, right? You know, who is who is John Connor? And so, lo and behold, I, I went to Wikipedia. You know, Wikipedia is the source of all knowledge, right? And Father John actually has an article on Wikipedia about himself. And so, Let's hear just it. to give our readers a, a refresh of some sa uh, salient details in his life. So, John Connor is a messianic figure who will lead the resistance to defeat an empire of robotic terminators following a cybernetic revolt doomsday event known as Judgment Day. Brother Luke, I didn't know that this was part of Father John's background. We're in the midst of a pretty big deal. My goodness. And now, Father John, you're the general superior of a religious order, a very colorful life. <laughs> I, I, I think... I think uh... Susan Connor wrote that letter. <laughs> or Sarah Connor. Sarah yeah, Connor. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Obviously, we're there might be the, a different John Connor. Uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe we're referring to the Ter Terminator uh, series. Exactly. So I'm sure many of you are familiar with the, the, the series of the Terminator movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger and John Connor. I think they're still making Terminator movies. So if you haven't seen them, they're pretty, yeah, exactly. they're pretty interesting. So uh, 
with that little introduction, thank you for the Andrew. Yeah. We're gonna get right into reality. Uh, reality. Yeah. The real the real deal. <laughs> the real Father John. Who we're really seeing in front of. That's what we want to know. Uh, Brother Andrew, why don't you start? Yeah, so so Father John, um, Brother Luke and I actually, it's funny, uh, we both worked in D.C. For, for a period during our internship, um, our apostolic internship as part, of our, as part of our priestly formation. And I actually worked in your home parish in Severna Park, Maryland, St. John's. Yes. And um, so just to use that, since we have that little connection, tell it, what was it like growing up uh, in, in Maryland, where you're from? And, and the parish in St. John's, learning... The faith, taking your first steps. What, what was it like growing up there? Well, uh, I went to school there at St. John's Parish as well, elementary school, from uh, I think fourth grade to eighth grade, and was very close. We had the Sisters of St. Joseph there teaching oh, us, okay. and we were very close to the priests, of course, at St. John's as well. Um, so it was really the introduction to my Catholic faith and religious life. Actually, one sister, Sister Joyce, sixth grade teacher of social studies, <laughs> impacted my life tremendously. Really? When Yeah. When I was, so I was in sixth grade, right? Sixth and seventh grade, eighth grade too. And uh, so she she was just a holy woman, a woman of God that uh, struck me, her, her godliness, right? And before I was ordained, I tracked her down. In go. Philadelphia, <laughs> she was working at Cardinal O'Hara High School in Philadelphia, and I tracked her down, and I thanked her. I think I shocked her out of this world right? <laughs> uh, that I was going to be a priest, but I just hugged her and thanked her for um, her influence in my vocation. So that's that was a little story. Yeah. Yeah. What? Tell us about your, your parents. Do you, do you have brothers and sisters? Uh... So I am the youngest of eight Children, Mamma mia. Uh, wow. five girls and three boys in that order. Okay. Uh, very athletic family. Uh, we're all athletes. A lot of competition. I would say a um, lot of um, uh, high performers, so to speak. Yeah. Great, beautiful environment. My five sisters uh, take credit for my vocation that they formed me. And um, and my other brother, Father Martin Connor, who's oh, yeah. also a legionary, the two of us, number seven, number eight. So uh, eight beautiful brothers and sisters, our parents, wonderful. Uh, my dad, uh, who passed away this year, 20 years ago, June 12th, was uh, a Christian gentleman, really defined what a gentleman is, and especially a Christian gentleman. As a leader, he was president of the family company. But how he treated my mother, how he just loved my mother, how he interacted with others, employees, friends, always so noble, so dignified, and man of God, man of prayer. So I, and my mother's wonderful woman as well. They had a beautiful marriage. So within that environment, right, of very normal life, of Catholic life, and social life and athletic life that really formed us a great deal. The Lord began to sow those seeds of the vocation. That's great. Wow. Yeah. And so what what would you say, what was the spark that got you first thinking of of, of the priesthood? Because it's 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 so cool that you you're, you have a brother who's also a priest, a legionary priest. You somebody must have suggested that to you, or was it your parents, or was somebody in your parish, or Sister Joyce that you mentioned? Oh, my mother suggested it okay. every other day. <laughs> okay. So yeah. listen up, mothers, for those with the church needs vocations, and so you can uh, you're doing your part. 
by mentioning it, putting it out there here and there. My mom did the same thing. That's interesting you say that. That's funny. <laughs> and I always laughed at her uh-huh. and told her it was never going to happen, right? Uh, so to answer your question, Brother Andrew, I didn't consider the priesthood until after, really seriously, until after college. Maybe the last year of college, I, uh, I just uh, was very uh, active socially, sports. I always wanted to be a good Catholic man. Uh, and in college, I really was focused on really business. That was my degree. Uh, but the Lord really didn't plant seed into me until uh, my junior year, actually, I studied in London. Hmm. Uh, and I went to church on Sunday to the Brompton Oratory in Kensington, where the, or- where the Oratorian Fathers um, administer that parish. And that began my journey, a deeper journey, in to the Catholic life. And I think there is when the vocation really began gradually, the Lord calling me, preparing me to ultimately three or four years later uh, to to meet the Legion and and to hear the call to be a Legionary of Christ. Uh, so it was a gradual process that really began, I would say began in London, uh, uh, third year of university. Wow. Gradually, yeah. Wow, that's that's really cool. I didn't know mm-hmm. I didn't know that about your life that you were in London. That's that's pretty great. Cool. Best year of my college life removed me from the normal world that I was in, which uh, was not uh, an ideal environment to discern vocation, so to speak, yeah. in college. So it just opened my eyes to to Catholic history overall, right? Just not, I mean, England, which is obviously Protestant, right? But unusually, the Lord, that's where he sparked my, my vocation. And then traveling Europe, just visiting uh, the cathedrals of Europe and the museums of Europe uh, had a, an enormous influence on me. Hmm. The art, Catholic art in Europe had an enormous impact on me during that, that time in, in Europe and in, in uh, my junior year. So speaking of traveling to Europe, uh, a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I gave a tour to uh, a man I didn't know I was put in touch with uh, from another legionary. And I think we saw St. Peter's together and we went and had lunch. Mm-hmm. And during the lunch, he said, oh, nah, um, how is, uh, do you know Jay Connor? And I was kind of confused. And I looked down and he's like, oh, I mean, sorry, I mean, Father John, you know, back back in college, we called him Jay. Um, <laughs> I wanted to get back a little bit to like that, your college experience and even growing up. Yeah. I guess, could you tell some of our listeners and us, what were some hobbies? So you've mentioned sports. It seems like that was a really important. I don't know, like mm-hmm. what sports did you prefer or did you play all of them? Um, any sports in high school and in college? Uh, I was thinking maybe music. What kind of music do you like? Um, and um, also, why do you think Sister Joyce was shocked when you found her later on and said you were going to be ordained a priest? Well, there are a few different like, questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, a big so, line up there. So <laughs> first, in terms of sports... I played lacrosse all my life okay. from maybe six years old through college. Uh, it was my passion, my life, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. In college, I stopped playing my sophomore year because I was doing very poorly in my studies. Okay. And um, my parents asked me, begged me to stop playing. So I did. Uh, I was. It was not easy for me, but it was probably the best decision I made. 
because that allowed me to mature and focus. Mm-hmm. And so, LaCrosse what university is my, was it? Sorry, that was Loyola University okay. Okay. in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, okay. Pardon me. Uh, skiing, snow skiing, I love. It's a passion of mine as well. Uh, it's tougher for me now with my knees, but I love it. Uh, maybe find some time here. Yeah. Uh, if you need to, you know, escape, you know, from all your duties here, just, you know, just, just we'll go together. Just accompany you to the Alps. Yeah, exactly. Like John, like John Paul, you know, escaping to the mountains with his private secretaries. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I've, I've learned to love horseback riding in the Legion. I learned when I, in my internship in Spain to, uh, ride horses and I love it. I'm very, I don't get much opportunity, but I love it. That's cool. Um, and I'm learning paddle okay. here, and I love it. But uh, we'll see if my body can uh, put up with it, right? <laughs> and paddle's like this form of tennis, a small, smaller court, and you're within like a plastic ring kind of thing, like yeah. a cage. At least I never knew what paddle was before I came here. Do they play it in the States? I don't know if not they... Not really. No? Just here in Europe? Just, just for our listeners, a little bit. paddle tennis. It's not okay. as popular. Okay. Yeah. But it's all the rage here in Rome, and especially among the legionaries. Yeah. So who's Jay Connor? Who is Jay Connor? Yeah, Jay to... Connor is the old man, <laughs> right? He's the old man. The old man. Uh, nickname since I was a boy. Uh, all the, the three boys in my family um, have nicknames. My my oldest brother Paul, his nickname is Butch. Okay. <laughs> and he was, I, I he was the, the first boy after five girls. So my dad wanted to be sure everyone knew he was a boy, right? <laughs> and then um, Father Martin, he's full name is William Martin Connor. Okay. He was Marty. Marty. Okay. John Connor was Jay. Yeah. Okay. So everyone knew I was Jay. And I really was referred to as Jay until I went to Dublin, Ireland as working for the Legion in Oak Academy. Wow. And there I decided to formalize it a little bit. Um, <laughs> John Connor, Mr. Connor, uh-huh. as an employee of of the school. That's kind of where it all started, right? And that's where the jokes, the Terminator jokes, started <laughs> in Dublin, Ireland. Yeah, I right? figured Brother Andrew wasn't the first one that ever <laughs> No, that. no, no. That was prime Terminator time, right? <laughs> 90, et cetera. Uh, so that's who Jay Connor was. I had a great childhood. I had great friends. Like the, the gentleman you met, um, Bill Chagru. Yes. Great friend from college. Bill and I lived. He was uh, very close. He was Father Martin's year at Boston College. Okay. We lived together in Nantucket Island. Uh, I spent all my summers in college on Nantucket Island, off the coast of Massachusetts, working and playing. Okay. <laughs> a lot Must of playing. Must have been fun. <laughs> a lot of playing. Um, but always went to Mass on Sunday. You know, thanks be to God. Yeah. Father Martin was really good back then. Uh, back and, then, he underlines. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's loosened up. Um, so, yeah, great years. So, so that's how I know Bill. And uh, Father Martin and I did share a lot of mutual friends. He's only a year older. And so we grew up together. Uh, he entered first, of course. So he knew Jay. And John, right? <laughs> and he was, um, everyone expected him to be a priest. He really had felt the call early on. You'll have to interview him some point. Yeah. That'd be, yes. Sure. Um, and uh, he even studied philosophy and theology at BC, right? I mean, he was like beeline for the priesthood, right? Uh, where I wasn't, uh, it wasn't so clear for John. <laughs> you were studying John. business. Business, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and with a minor in English uh, literature as well. Okay. That's what I did. In, really? In, uh, English literature? Okay. So 
but anyway, Father uh, Father Martin Marty uh, really uh, was the priest, you know. And when he met the Legion, I remember he was in Europe because he was studying after he graduated from BC. He went to to Europe to to discern. I think you know. Uh, I remember him calling. I was in the kitchen with my mom. I was washing the dishes, and we were chatting it up, you know. And he called. And he said, I'm, I, I met the Legionaries of Christ. And my mother was like, the soldiers of what? <laughs> and um, she, she told him to call my dad at the office and whatever he said, right? So he flew home and went to Cheshire. And we all went to Cheshire, the whole family, for professions that year. That was August. That phone conversation was August. September, he went up to Cheshire. He was only there for a couple of weeks. Entered his exercises and uh, and right. for those of you who don't know uh, Cheshire is where we have our seminary in the, the United States where the first uh, first brothers who join that's where they first go it's in Connecticut right but sorry go ahead Father. no it was great thanks for the clarification there and so that's why I met the Legion through Father Martin and, uh, and so but I really hadn't thought of the priesthood when I met the Legion you know like a lot of us encountered okay these guys are different what's up with these guys Okay, yeah. very serious about the call, right? Cassock, all in black, very normal, natural guys, um, joyful, uh, very attractive uh, for me, that first encounter. I met Father Owen Kearns, who was the first legionary that I met. And uh, so that it began there. And actually, a few weeks later, my brother called Father Martin and asked if I wanted to work for the Legion. Um, I just... Graduated, was working for an investment banking firm, stopped there, and um, I had some, some free time, and he knew it. <laughs> You're like 20, 22, 22 or 23, more or less? or 23. 23. Okay. 23. Uh, God works in mysterious ways. I think he was already planting seeds for sure. That job with the Legion, and then you didn't know at that point what that would lead to, but yeah, God was, has his ways of working. You know, I don't know if I told this to Father Martin, but I was just reflecting the other day on... Uh, the day after he, we were there, the whole family went home, you know, back to Maryland. And I stayed, um, I stayed an extra day to stay with him. And on the front lawn of Cheshire, I remember him mentioning to me, the Holy Spirit may be calling you too. And, uh, that was a very powerful moment, uh, because he shocked me. I never would have thought of that. That sent some shivers up my spine right now just hearing that. <laughs> yeah, it was, wow. it was, I don't think, I don't know if I ever told him that, but if he's listening, hey, Father Martin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that's, that was kind of the story. And, um, you know, old man, new man, right? The wow. journey. And I want to, because that's interesting. Some people might, when they see us and wearing the collar and the mm-hmm. black and white and they have, we see our, their, our hairs parted and things. If oh, he have, must have, if, I ha- I if you have hair, you know, some some more, some of us. And they think, oh, he always, probably always wanted to be a priest and all these things. And so going back to that other question I'd asked you, why do you think Sister Joyce was shocked? Yeah. Because the, the truth, as you're saying, is that for Father Martin, maybe it was clear he had decided to study theology and philosophy. And for you, you're studying business and you have your other plans. Um, yeah, why? I was a trouble. Go back to Jay Connor. I was a troublemaker, no doubt, right? And I loved the girls, loved them, right? And she knew it. Um, so the Lord calls those who we least expect, right? Often, not always, but often. And so I think that was the giggle, right? What was behind the giggle of Sister yeah. Joyce when she saw me? 
And, well, praise God, right? Um, the Lord and His grace is all-powerful, and, you know, uh, I'm grateful. So, yeah, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, Father John, what, um, tell us a little bit about um, those final months before you were ordained a priest. Um, tell us tell us a little bit, um, maybe like a favorite moment from your ordination, or, or first of all, you know, when, when were you ordained? Um, where was it? What was it like? Was your family able to be there? What was that special moment like for you? So I was ordained on January 2nd, 2001, 60th anniversary of the Legion here in Rome. Wow. So you just, so 20 years ago. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. We Amazing. celebrated 20 uh, this year, Father Martin and I, and 38 of my brother legionaries. Congratulations. Thank ah, you. Thank you. Um, and uh, so uh, we were ordained in a tent <laughs> uh, uh, very appropriate for myself to keep me humble. I hope it was right? a nice tent, at least. Uh, it was a magnificent tent. It felt like, it felt like uh, Moses, right? Yeah, sort of like Old Testament and, there. I that's like right, that. yeah. Old Testament. Yeah. There, right? There you go. Uh, and there never was before an ordination in a tent, and never again. <laughs> We're the only ones, right? So, you're not going to change that now as your general director? You're not going to uh, have all ordinations uh, It's a privilege. On. It's a privilege. Okay. It's a privilege. Uh, so... I would say um, my whole family came, uh, including my father, who at the time had cancer. Oh, six months mm. at our diaconate ordination in Connecticut, mm-hmm. six months before, he told Father Martin and I that um, he may not make it to the ordination because of his cancer. Wow. Okay. He had he he fought with cancer five years. And uh, it had spread to the bone, and he wasn't sure if he was going to make it. Very emotional moment in a hotel room with my dad and with Father Martin. Very emotional, very tearful moment. But he made made it in a wheelchair. Uh, And that, for me, was like his crowning as our father, you know, the Christian gentleman. That I, to- that I mentioned. Yes. I'm getting a little emotional right now. Um, so uh, so that was probably, for me, one of the more important graces to kind of finish the journey for him and crown him as our father and, you know, all that he did for us, right? So we will celebrate 20 years. He died five months afterwards in you know, or in June of 2001. And that was a grace to be with him those first months of my priesthood. He was in Baltimore. I lived in D.C. at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was able to take care of him those months. So, uh, and of course, be ordained with my brother, Father Martin. Was he a gift. ordained together? Together. Wow, okay. Yes. So, which was extraordinary. He entered a year before I did. Uh-huh. Uh, he did an extra year of philosophy. He got his license in philosophy in one year because credits from Boston mm-hmm. College passed, etc. But... We were ordained together, and um, which was a gift for the family, of course, to have the two of us together. And um, so, yeah, it was it was full of grace. Wow! Yeah, that's powerful. I'm, mm-hmm. I, that's amazing how God. I don't know how he just he he arranged it so that your dad would be able to be be present for that. Yeah, it was a gift. He was always so supportive. Um, he and my mom uh, incorporated into Red and Christi. With me, uh, in 1991, wow, we went to Rome. It was the year I was working in Dublin. Okay, and it was the fifth anniversary. I took the boys from the school for the we had an Olympics uh-huh. with all our schools and the students, and my parents went too. Um, 
and there in the chapel we were incorporating Ren Christ, which was nice too. And you know, they lived uh, the spirituality and the mission back in Baltimore. My dad was on the board of one of our schools there too. So uh, I think our nation over those years was, you know, a culmination of grace and his own mission, right? Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They say, so there's a, um, a saying I've heard recently, but uh, repeatedly, and uh, it's for the, the trajectory of a seminarian. Yeah. So first, you know, before you join, your dad calls you son. Mm-hmm. During mm-hmm. your years of seminary, your dad calls you brother. So brother Lou for the Andrew, right? Exactly. And after ordination, he calls you father. And I was just thinking how beautiful that is that your father was able to be there for your ordination. Like you were saying, kind of like this crowning moment for you all to crown him as your father. And also he got to crown you as a father. Two Mm -hmm. of his sons had become fathers Mm -hmm. uh, before he, um, God brought him to heaven. Mm -hmm. So that's beautiful. And of course, I know from heaven, he's watching over you all and continuing Mm -hmm. to guide you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful story, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So what do you, what do you like about being a, a priest? You know, because now now you have a you know you have a very demanding job right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're in charge of you know over 900 priests. Um, not to mention all the administrative responsibilities, all this and all, fixing all the problems that none of, nobody ever finds out about because you're you're behind the scenes doing all that. But above all, you are you are a priest, mm-hmm. and and you're a priest forever. Why do you like being a priest? Well, I, I, what for me the last 20 years was what has been most important is helping people grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ and see Christ uh, the Holy, and the Holy Spirit uh, transform a soul and to see the old man become a new man or the, the old woman become a new woman in Jesus Christ and that affect their marriage enrich their marriage, enrich their family, their friends, just the the incredible impact of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's what I love. That's what I'm passionate about, right? Uh, especially those who are farthest from Christ. I, I got a, a message through LinkedIn yesterday, <laughs> okay, from a very dear friend from Philadelphia uh-huh. who I saw in spiritual action for years and she sent me a note yesterday. And, you know, we're still friends. And I haven't seen her for, I don't know, how many years. But it's just so beautiful to, to, to know that you are an instrument of God's grace in someone's life. They're still striving to follow Christ and, and be faithful with their limitations. But that original encounter and that journey together is fruitful. And God blesses that. So the, I, for me, as a legionary, that building the movement uh, offering the charism to so many people and seeing Christ transform lives and families is what I'm passionate about. Wow, that's that's what I'm passionate about too. I can't I can't wait. To, I have I have what? I, well, you're almost you're almost, you're going to be a deacon, yeah, soon, no, God willing. You yeah, know? God willing. About six months I'll be ordained a deacon, and then about yeah yeah a little over a year priesthood. So really? I'm pumped. You're yeah. on the threshold, yeah. brother. Luke. Father John is a great example for me. So. Helps me to get even more pumped up. Speaking of that journey that you're talking about, that beautiful journey that we accompany other people, how do you think God has guided you in your journey to prepare you specifically to become, be now general director? Um, I don't know, maybe certain roles that you were given, the Legion, certain talents that he's given you, um, certain experiences, spiritual experiences, human experiences. What are some ways that God has prepared you? Because I know that any, any mission God gives us, he always gives us the grace as well to carry it out. Well, 
uh, when one looks back on their life, I think you can see God preparing you for each chapter of your life, right? Uh, from a supernatural perspective, I, I do see God in the chapters of my life preparing me for the different responsibilities in my priesthood, right? Um, certainly, the last six years as territorial director has helped me uh, enter this role a little more comfortably, so to speak, right, in a role of governance. Um, and so I, I think on a, on a uh, governance perspective, the last six years, really the last 10 years, really since 2009, 2010, uh, I've been involved on the governance of the territory in one way or another. Um, so that's helped me a great deal. Understand uh, apostolically what's needed to plan, to project uh, the formation of our men, formation sure. of the members of the movement. And then on another side, um, you know, just the importance of helping our men grow in holiness, right? And the importance of one's personal example of, yeah, I mean, like Benedict would say before, I love this phrase that, you know, the world today needs less theologians and, you know, more Christians or something like that, right? Yeah. That, that impacts me is that just how much good example helps, right? Um, how the Holy Spirit uses that. Well, Brother Luke and Brother Andrew, your good example helps me, right? And mm. we kind of, the Holy Spirit helps us grow together. Thank you, so Thanks. you're welcome. You're welcome. So I, I think understanding how to govern, but also be a father, be a spiritual father. I've had to learn over the years. And uh, I've had a lot of falls, right, in in being a spiritual father and, and not loving my men enough. Um, and I, and I want to love everybody equally. I think that's most important to me, loving my legionaries and that they feel loved. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Father John, can you take us back to, um, to a year ago? Um, so we're in the, we're in the middle of the, of the general chapter, Mm -hmm. um, before the election took place, um, and well, like, like in the final moments, as it's actually happening, and you, and you hear oh, your you, you hear your name being called out, maybe some mm-hmm. other names as well. Mm-hmm. But right when you reach that threshold of the majority votes needed to be elected, what what is going through your mind? What what is just to tell us what what's going on? Well, there's a lot of uh, just human anxiety and like fear, right? Fear in a good sense, in that you feel a little helpless. In that you kind of see where things are going. It's, 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 it's not the perfect example, but if it's kind of like you're on a boat and you see you're going towards a waterfall. <laughs> it's not the perfect example, yeah. but we get it. Um, we get it. <laughs> but it's uh, it was beautiful as well because I, I sensed a lot of support in general, hmm. right? In in the chapter among the fathers. And um, in different conversations at meals and asking me whether I would consider it or not. And uh, so I, I felt a great deal of support and uh, I, I felt the Lord giving me that extra spiritual muscle, if you will, at that time as well, which which and Our Lady and St. Joseph I'm very devoted to uh, as well. Great. Well, that's. That's amazing how God gives, he, he calls, but he gives the grace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine, I don't know, what is it like to like, 
I don't know. You have you have a bunch of problems that come to you. You know, like you you have, there's all these good events and and fun and you know I wouldn't say fun things, but um, moments where you're you're in the present in the midst of some some beautiful event or some action of the Holy Spirit, and you're that unifying force that's bringing everybody together. But there's also a lot of difficulties that you carry on your on your back. How do you not get overwhelmed by by all those uh, challenges? Well, it's I think uh, I try to take care of myself, right? Good. Um, <laughs> try to rest on a human level, right? Uh, I try to rest well, uh, sleep well, uh, exercise, uh, and, you know, find ways just to detach mentally. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to detach from the problems. Um, so I try to do that. And others help me, my counsel, and are, are wonderful in helping me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, most importantly is is my relation with Jesus Christ, right? And Amen. the total dependence on His grace. Um, what really helps me a lot is, over the years, is, and I've mentioned this to a few of you, uh, praying the litany of humility hmm. uh, has helped me enormously just to realize that I'm here to please God and only God and not seek to be appreciated by everybody I can't please everybody, yeah. right? Um, exactly. Not allow the devil to instill fear in me, uh, but just allow Christ to be my rock and to be my reference point. And, and so that's what I try to do. Mm -hmm. I hope I do it well. Um, <laughs> but so on a human level, rest, detach. Right. Um, don't think. Don't take yourself too seriously. Right. Seek counsel. Uh, I, I don't. I like to seek counsel from others. Um, legionaries, consecrated lay people mm -hmm. get perspective right. on decisions. Um, and, and then, of course, take it to prayer. Take it to our Lord, our, uh, our Lady, and be patient overall. Um, be patient about making decisions and dealing with problems. Uh, and I'm, um, that doesn't come natural to me, but the patient side. But, <laughs> but I've learned over the years. So. Wow, that's great. And I thought it was really beautiful how you said, like, that image of the waterfall. It wasn't just, you made general retro, and then it's like all the, the fathers, called them the chapter fathers, just, like, throw you off this cliff. It's like, good luck. <laughs> but you felt the support, and it really is. Like, I know Brother Andrew and I, and yeah. I think many of us, if not all the legionaries, from the very beginning, we felt like we're in a family. And so we're, mm -hmm. we call each other brother, not just because that's the official title for religious, right. but it's because we really are, we form a family. We're brothers in Christ. And it's beautiful that you felt that support from the beginning. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're general retro, and that's a huge role but you're not alone. We're all here to help you and we're all growing yeah. together and we're all building the, uh, and serving the church together. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's beautiful. And um, kind of going back to the, those kind of questions, you were talking about the challenges and things. Um, and you mentioned you were, I think, I guess, territory director around 2009, 2010, when it was kind of the tough years. Or in the governance of like the, the governance, Right. And for those listening that maybe are more familiar with the Legion of Christ, if you look us up on Google and things, yeah. you'll find out about the scandal of our founder and there's been abuse cases. And sometimes there's a question out there, okay, is the Legion kind of perpetuating this process or has it really changed? Mm -hmm. uh, how would you answer that? Like, how has the Legion changed since 2010 from your perspective um, as Father John and also as General Director? Right. No, that's a good question. Um, so I, I think multiple ways. I mean, I think first and foremost, regarding our founder, right, and the consequences of his double life, we've had to confront that, right, and and understand the consequences of 
of his life and its effect on all of us and assimilate that and make the necessary changes. And I think, and I think that's probably been the most important Mm -hmm. thing and it's ongoing work. I think we're still, um, confronting that, um, dealing with our history and its effects. And, but I think we're doing it with a greater awareness and intentionality in what areas one governance, there's been a lot of decentralization in the Legion, um, making sure each level of governance, general, territorial, and local, have very clear their responsibilities and the necessary authority mm-hmm. to exercise those responsibilities. Use of councils at each level of government has been an enormous gift, right, that, that the church has helped us implement. So, so important um, at each of those levels. Also regarding uh, community life. It's, it's community life is very different today than it was 10 years ago. And the uh, chapter four in our new constitutions on fraternal life is a brand new chapter. Hmm. Never existed before, mm-hmm. right? And really challenges us to live a, a community of brotherhood, that we love each other. We know each other. We love each other. We accompany each other. We help each other grow in holiness to be the apostles we're called to be, Right living our consecration together. I think that's been a beautiful change. I think in also in our formation, right, that all of you are experiencing, quite different. Um, a lot of changes within the whole area of human formation, mm-hmm. the importance of forming um, proper um, effectivity in our lives, mm-hmm. how we as priests um, relate with others, right, and form our heart properly to be a consecrated soul, whether I'm uh, giving spiritual direction or working with um, kids or adults or what have you, right? Rather legionary. So uh, also, we it's been important in our formation, understanding when there's need for proper therapy. If our men mm-hmm. may need some extra professional help uh, within the integral formation, right? Because right. we all can have our weaknesses and yeah. it's okay, yeah, right? Yeah. In addition... We've also worked in the whole area of safe environment and, and one, caring for the victims of our founder, trying to uh, be sure that in each territory we are uh, developing uh, offices of safe environment, addressing the cases well, um, and also taking care of the victims properly. That's been a whole enormous change that we've made. Uh, it's been difficult. It's been a challenge. There's still work to do, but we're very focused on that. And it was an important part of the chapter as well right now in 2020 with our new documents on Mm -hmm. protecting heal and conversion reparation. Beautiful documents inspired by the Holy Spirit, and we're working hard to implement those right now. And and, um, it's very important to me personally to to be sure we have confidence of our people that we are... um, addressing our past, and also creating safe environments for the future, for all the flock, right? Right. Um, I think understanding of our charism within the movement as well, common mission as we are, Red and Christi as well, right? I think has been an important growth for us over the years. Um, 
So there's a, f- a few things there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those, are, those are amazing things, actually. It's, yeah. it's I don't know, from my perspective, not to steal, uh, you know, reflections from you, Father, but when, when you were, when you came to our seminary, uh, right after you were elected, I think you gave, you gave a homily and it was the first homily that you gave in the seminary here in Rome to all the community gathered. And you mentioned a passage from the book of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was chapter 59, maybe. Eight. Chapter eight. Okay, completely off. Verse nine to twelve. Verse nine to twelve. Yeah, <laughs> close. So I won't. I won't steal any words from you. Tell us about that and how that applies to to the legion. That from that. Well, uh, thank you for asking that. Uh, so that reading of Isaiah is the first reading of the first Saturday of Lent. Okay, every year. And that year, I was in the oratory of St. Joseph in Montreal. I went there. It was my 50th birthday. And um, I felt the need to go and in thanksgiving to St. Joseph uh, for my 50 years of life and my governance uh, of the territory. And that Saturday, I did a retreat, and that was the first reading. And it impacted me enormously. I, I felt the need, uh, well, the Lord there says, when you call my name, um, I will be there to help you, that you may be a light in the darkness. And it's more extensive, um, those verses. I felt the Lord inviting me to help him be light in the Legion in Red and Christi. Um, and to be sure, we're living in the truth that the light of Jesus Christ shine brightly in in the legion, in the Ren Christi, and through us to others, to the church, because the church is suffering today with the same problems that we deal with. The whole the whole culture is dealing mm-hmm. with the with the dysfunction of sexuality today. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um so I, I think the Lord is just asking me to be his light at this time and and to live in the truth and help us be the legion that Christ has always wanted us to be. That's that's awesome. That, that's, makes, that makes me really excited. <laughs> and yeah. so being that light, so we're going to have to wrap up just because out of respect for your time, Father John, I, yeah, I would love to yeah. keep this conversation it's going. It's not every day you get, a, you get the general superior religious order down to your to your world-famous podcast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. Everyone's favorite podcast. Exactly. Uh, so to kind of wrap up, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to ask you to give a special shout-out to all Redenham Christi members, that's that'd be Legionnaires of Christ, consecrated men, consecrated women, yeah. lay people of Redenham Christi. You mentioned being light and how the the church has its challenges, or now the Legion has its challenges, and the entire world has its challenges. So I would ask you to give sort of a battle cry pep talk. <laughs> what will be some final words as a message to Redenham Christi uh, members for 2021? Uh, motivation to live out this charism, this mission that we have, this special gift that God has given to us as Redenham Christian members, what would you say to them at the beginning of this uh, year of 2021? I would say that Christ is calling all of us in a new way to be the new men and women in Jesus Christ. Let's learn from our past and allow the life of Christ to transform us, be the new men and women in Jesus Christ, the new apostles that the church needs today, that Pope Francis needs today. He's calling us, along with many others, to be coherent Christians and live the gospel in all its radicality, right? And especially love. Just we, we, we need to really be uh, beacons of light and of love in the culture and 
And because that's that's going to heal the wounds of our culture today. Mm-hmm. We live in a very wounded culture. We know that um, for many different reasons. And love will heal those wounds. And I think as new men and new women in Jesus Christ, we need to equip ourselves with a profound love for the, the heart of Christ, the sacred heart of Christ, mm-hmm. and that he use us um, to be those apostles and those Christian leaders to love people to Christ through their wounds, whatever. But Christ is calling the church today to, to be leavened in the society. And we need courageous people. And I think Red and Christy members are called to be courageous in Jesus Christ and, and to step out, right? Get out of the sacristy, as Pope Francis says, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Get on the streets yeah. and, and really let's start preaching the gospel, but living it first, right? right? Uh, let, let's let's allow the Holy Spirit to to shine His light through us, in us, and through us to the world and in a very humble way. Let Him speak through us and to be that light of love in the culture and and to multiply apostles for the church. Yeah, not for our own glory. Exactly. Right. Let's yeah. not wave our flag. We don't need to be recognized or appreciated. It's, that's not the plan. The plan is plant seeds of Jesus Christ and his gospel in hearts and allow those seeds to flourish in lives mm. and let people just go and and preach the gospel. And, um, well, you know, praise God that that we can do that little part in the big tent of the church, right? That's awesome. Thank you, Father. Those are, those are very inspiring words for an extremely exciting mission we have as Christians, as Catholics, and especially yeah. for all of you Redding Christian members listening to this podcast, yeah. Missionaries of Christ, Consecrated Men and Women. Those of you who are on the way to work or school or you're out doing a jog, that message was for you. So I hope that has left this uh, conversation with Father John, getting to know him personally, I hope that has left the same fire in your heart as it has mine. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And Father John, one last little sneak surprise question. Uh-oh. Yeah. So Brother Luke here next to me, you know, I joined the Legion with him 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and he's about to go out on mission like you are just talking about. Mm-hmm. He's going to be assigned to his first ministry. Are you going to ask him where I'm going to go? So, yeah. Father John, what do you think <laughs> What do you think Brother Luke is going to do as a, as a deacon? <laughs> I think Brother Luke is going to open the first community in, um, in, in Antarctica. Mama, Dad, you heard it. Oh man, he called it. He called it, folks. Well, Father John, we're so grateful um, for your time. Um, We're very, very grateful. We know your schedule is very demanding, um, but you've given us an injection of enthusiasm, and we're so excited. And we're we're praying for you. We know your job is tough. You know, we know it. Um, So we're we're praying for you. We're we're there, and we're there for you, supporting you. So, Brother Luke, Brother Andrew, thank you. I'm very proud of you too. And it's great to see where you are today. And I'm going to pray that the Lord use you to be those apostles of light and love that we just talked about. Amen. Could you close this podcast? We'll close it with a prayer, maybe including all those that are listening as well, a prayer for for God's intercession. Of course. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this encounter, uh, this last hour with Brother Luke and Brother Andrew and everyone listening, we felt your presence here so, so tangible in our conversation and how you've influenced our lives. I pray for all the brothers in formation that they prepare themselves well to be other Christs in the world. I pray for the Rhythm Christi that we all together be new men and new women in Jesus Christ to help the church evangelize this culture. May 
our hearts be on fire with the heart of Jesus Christ, his mercy, his love, his humility, and his generosity. And may we ask our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph to protect our family, the Ren Christie family, protect the Legion, and guide us in this mission we have, which we so passionately love. Let's finish with a Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Christ our King, thy kingdom come. Mary, Queen of Apostles, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, we hope you enjoyed that enthusiastic interview with Father John. Wasn't that great, Brother Luke? It really was. And for more TGIFF content, you can visit our new Instagram page, TGIFF.podsquad. And as always, there's the Facebook page, Thank God It's First Friday Podcast, and you can check us out there. Man, I want to join, Brother Luke. That sounds awesome. Let's do it. Awesome. God bless. God bless.